Mm. My music is cute, right? <laughs> okay, anyways, greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. I'm here to take you through an auditory ah, journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume. The stuff you're insatiable for. The stuff you find truly bingeable. Okay, you guys, it's me here alone today. It's D'Angelo's Thoughts, T-H-O-T. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you believe how it is like really that kind of a hokey person? Anyways, today we're going to be getting into a bunch of topics. We're going to get into some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills grand finale, a little Survivor, some Squid Game. Uh, we have a WandaVision spinoff in the works. And then just some other general tomfoolery and whatnot. So, you guys, it's here. It's queer. It's me, D'Angelo. We're here with Bald and Bingeable. Here we go. Okay, let's talk about, like, last week, you guys, I was out and about, you know, my monthly time to be social. You know, that's really why I keep doing the nightclub stuff is because I need to get out of the house and this forces me. So, you guys, I was at PEX in San Diego last for Saturday night. Saturday. And so first Saturday of every month, they have this little event called Thirst. It's a beer bust. And I'm usually there because it's cute. I actually have fun with it. Um... But I did realize something. So we actually, this week, we were doing kind of, you know, it's uh, going into Halloween. And so we usually get a little bit more flamboyant with whatever we're going to wear. And we organize this together, me and Mr. Nelson and some and whoever else is, you know, on the docket with us. And so this time it was Joey. Um, but anyways, so we always come up with some kind of like little look. And this time we ended up doing this whole uh, bet oh my God, I can't even speak today. And I have a podcast going. Okay, you guys. So this week we actually did a Playboy bunny situation when it came to the looks. And it's something that Nelson's been wanting to do for like ever. And I've always been like, because uh, I always kind of felt like a little bit basic. Okay, but we ended up doing it. Got the little costumes off of Amazon. Whatever, how you feel about Amazon. Um, it was quick. It got here and I didn't have to leave my house. And so sometimes, I know, I'm just justifying for the devil, but whatever, Bezos, do me from behind. Um, that got weird. <laughs> so we dressed up as the Playboy bunnies. And something I realized was just like, it is so hard to keep up the facade of being hot when you're out and about. Like to try to just be like, hey, look at me. I'm being sexy. I'm being this person. And so it gets so difficult throughout the night to just kind of keep on like, let me adjust this little jock strap. Let me make sure the bunny tail is here. Let me make sure this is happening. But it happened. It did well. It made me some tips. It was cute. But um, for those of you guys who actually saw it, it's actually, it's on my Instagram right now. But um, act like it's new because I'm going to probably wear it again, probably for that Barracuda Claw crossover that's happening in this November. That's going to be fun. So Claw, you guys, the leather event that usually happens out in Cleveland, it has been pushed over to L.A. this year, and it's happening in November. So look that up. I don't have anything to do with the tickets or anything like that, so go and you Google it. I'm not going to put that all up in here. So I just told you about that. But anyways, there is going to be a Barracuda massive, like, spectacular situation Um and so I cannot wait for that. It's going to be fun. So keep your eyes open for that. Anyways, um, let's 
talk a little bit about SNL came back, so which is good. Owen Wilson hosted, which he was great. He did a really, really nice job. So if you haven't watched it, it's available on Hulu and over on like the Peacock things. Um, but I will say that uh, Casey Musgraves, she was the musical guest this week, and she kind of gave us that whole Jenny from Forrest Gump kind of vibe. Uh, she basically, she sat out there with her guitar in her lap, no clothes on, but you know, it's live television and whatnot. And I think they were just really afraid. So they just kind of kept on like going back and everything else, but you can kind of see it was like an ode to Jenny, the way that she was dressed or undressed. Mm. And then she came out in the second part and she was completely dressed with like jeans and a flannel on. And it was just kind of like, go Casey Musgraves doing the extremes and just doing what you feel. So look sexy both ways. I loved it. Anyways. Um, they did have a sketch this week in the SNL where uh, it's one of those Keenan characters, uh, it, LeVar B. Burton, where he's like singing and he's singing all these inspirational songs at a funeral. And there are Kelly songs. And I just have to say, like, I believe I can fly now that we know that our Kelly this past week has been. Um, found guilty for all of these sex crimes and trafficking and whatnot. And so he's not being arraigned or he's not being sentenced, though, until like May of 2022. So now he's just going to sit in the jail for a little while while his lawyers work on things. And one of the things that we've actually been seeing here on the side is that R. Kelly is maybe going to start talking about other big singers and other people that were involved in his little ring to probably de-escalate his sentence, you know? So he's going to be scratching one back because he does not want to get his back blown out in jail. So, you know, um, that's my personal opinion. But anyways, so it was just funny, though, because in SNL they did this sketch where they were using I Believe I Can Fly, and it was like, really, what do we do with that song now? And how many people right now inside of your, like, you know, in your memory box or in your old things, have a video of you singing I Believe I Can Fly in your, like, sixth grade talent show. And now that song is just completely marred by what has happened. And then you also have to, like, kind of think, you know, like, when you listen to the R. Kelly music still, um, if you were to put on, you know, Ignition while you're bumping on your Spotify, you're paying him. You're giving money back to the R. Kelly you know, machine. So it is really like the situation right now of like, oh, say, so do we like completely cancel him? You know, in this sense, he was found guilty. He was held on a trial. It's not exactly like Michael Jackson, where Michael Jackson was, you know, it's he's never been able to stand up for himself in such a way where, yes, okay, we know that he had the whole trial back when, but then when, I, when the whole Neverland situation came out and Oprah was out there screaming with everybody else, with Wade Robinson and all those, like, he never had the proper trial that way. And so it still is a situation of like, how will you feel about Michael Jackson? You know, he died before he had like a reckoning. So like in that music is still kind of a little bit unmarred. Whereas like R. Kelly and even like the Cosby show, which is sad because the Cosby show was the best when we were kids. And now we watch it and we know all like the, basically every woman that was a guest star on there was treated in a certain way. And it's just kind of like, ugh. And so it was like that how we're feeling about R. Kelly. But anyways, that's like the deep thought that I took from SNL this week. I know, go figure. Um, okay, so you guys, there is something in the news right now, just kind of came out in Variety today, that WandaVision is getting a spinoff starring the one and only Katherine Hahn. Okay, this is in works over at Disney+. Plus. It's going to be a sideline series. 
Who knows? The thing is, is it's very under wraps exactly what they're going to be doing. So we don't know if it's going to be a prequel situation. They're going to go back into her like Salem roots and how she's like lasted through all these years. Or if it's going to be like into the future and is this going to tie in with new Marvel movies? Nobody knows. We just know that Catherine Hahn is is attached to it. And so is the original um, script writers and whatnot. Catherine Hahn, though, y'all, like when they were just basically they, they were saying she has so much going on for her right now. She's got a limited series in development at Showtime where she's playing Joan Rivers. Uh, she's got an upcoming project on Apple, The Shrink Next Door, and then she's um, a Knives Out 2. So Knives Out is getting a second part. Catherine Hahn's involved with that one as well. Knives Out, the first one was great, and it really made me want a cable knit sweater, the one that Chris Evans was wearing in that completely wanted that so badly but anyways so yeah so this is some like news so all of you guys people because we love some wandavision over here i know we didn't get into loki and i still have not watched it i know but if you guys have been seeing tom loki you know the actor he shuffles he can dance and so i was i had this on my instagram earlier this week but um look for them tom riddleson is that what his name is oh my god i'm gonna be the worst person tom hiddleston Anyways, so Tom, he has these videos of him dancing, and I'm like, okay, he's going to the after hours, get it, okay, get it, get it, get it, okay, okay, let's keep on going, keep on going, we're gonna push into this episode today, because, you know, it's just me here by myself, and I'm just talking in your ears, and I really appreciate you being here, woo! Let's talk about some Squid Game. Squid Game, it's all right now on Netflix. It's becoming a cultural sensation. It's pop culture. Everybody's talking about it. The memes are everywhere. You can't escape them. You're seeing the one thing of like the big doll, that in you know, the red light, green light situation. And you're also seeing the ones with the honeycombs with like the... Uh, when Facebook went down this past week and when Twitter was the only uh, social media app that was up and running because WhatsApp and also Instagram were down. Hey, Facebook, thanks for that monopoly and taking everything down at once. Hey, we are completely reliant upon Facebook. Thanks, Mike Zuckerberg. Okay, that was a little bit of a rant, but let's keep on going back into this. Anyway, so you guys have seen all the memes that have been happening about Squid Game. And so let's just talk about that a little bit. So I did have the opportunity to actually watch the whole entire series. I did watch the beginning of it. I would say the first five episodes, and I watched it with the little subtitles, trying to be just like the man from Parasite told us to don't be afraid of the little one-inch, you know, words at the bottom of the screen. Okay, I got it, girl. But um, you guys, I watch things on the fly, and I have to be able to do other things. My ADD just takes me out, so I needed to do laundry and whatnot. So for the last four episodes, I did have on the English dub which those voices are annoying, but you know what? I got with it because this thing is the storytelling is all there. Now, speaking about the storytelling, there are articles now coming out, and there was a girl over here on TikTok who was watching it, and she speaks Korean, and she basically was saying that the English translation is not giving you the full effect of what the K-drama is really trying to portray and put out there. Like some of the subjects, like one of the girls who is a contestant in the squid game she's like this thug girl smart street smart she's you know the bitch you know who just basically who can come into a room and she's that girl that you're kind of afraid of who you know that she has like a cigarette you know behind her ear and that she probably has stole something from you already um but anyways it's that girl and so one of the things that she says like in the show is that you know that oh i'm i'm really good i'm really smart at things and what her real lines were basically saying was is that i'm smart i'm just not 
I just don't have the education and the money, you know, to back it up is what, you know, kind of one of those themes, kind of one of those themes that was prevalent inside a parasite as well. And so I'm being very surface here. We're a pop culture podcast and I don't have a lot of in-depth knowledge about tons of K-drama. I have read a bunch of things about it. I've watched a couple series here and there. Any setting has been trying to get me so badly to get into that, you know, from never uh, growing up. The girl's like learning Korean and she's watched like every series and that's what her TikTok is about and that's where she gets all of her millions of views. Crazy, it is a whole subculture. So for all you people who do watch a lot of K-drama, please educate me. If you want to, get in my DMs, let's talk about it. So um, I know that she's going to be so mad. Like, I'll talk to you about it. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, so Squid Game, it came out. It is based on this popular recess game that children play in Korea And, you know, lines on the floor and that you go from point A to point B, you have to go past a person, you basically hit the final point, your resting point, the head of the squid. Uh, So they kind of, they get into that, they get into what those rules are in the very, very beginning. And then, you know, that's going to come back around some point in in this whole thing. Why is it called Squid Game? So it's a childhood game. And then what they do is they take all these other childhood games and things that you would do as a kid and perverse them. Games of marbles, the red light, green light that we're seeing right now. Meme culture is hot right now on some squid game because we're probably seeing the one of the uh big doll wearing the orange the yellow and orange dress that is doing the red light green light red light green light that whole situation and that red light green light it has a terrible consequence if you move when they call red light you know freeze bitch freeze uh so it is horrifying so if you can get through that first one, you'll kind of be like, okay. And so some people are having a little bit of an issue with it because they do give you a lot of backstory. So I think a lot of times when we see American shows like this, like if you're watching Saw and whatever, is that they give you like the gore in the beginning. It's always like, let's show you this horrible thing about how these people are being killed. And then they kill the person and they go back and they find you a protagonist that you're going to now latch onto and become that person. But you've already know what to expect. In this, it's completely different because they do so much setup and so much good storytelling in the very beginning that they make you care about this gentleman who's frankly a loser. So Jing Hun is a loser. Like he, you know, has lost everything in his life. His his daughter doesn't live with him. His wife has moved on. His uh, mother isn't doing so well. He is gambling everything away. And so he is now completely down on his luck. You come to find out certain series of situations that lead him to a bus terminal in the middle of the night and somebody who has kind of marked him and targeted him to let's play a game for cash. And so he plays this game for cash. Eventually, he is now given the opportunity to do you want to win some more money? Here's a card. Call this call this number when you have a moment, blah, blah, blah. So they take the card, you go back, you go find out how your life really, really sucks. You're down on your money. You don't have any more cash to go try to gamble again. You're not just not getting any work. So eventually you're going to call that number on the card. And then that's all hell breaks loose. So long story long, you get into the situation where now you are on this uh, remote place where you're going to play these child games that you played when you were younger. And it is fucked up so they start with this red light green light that you guys have seen everywhere and uh, it's horrible there's a lot of torture porn in this um and so then you go back and 
they have like have a vote you know there's different clauses that are involved in what they sign themselves away to it's very much like the uh contracts that you sign when you go to like rupaul's drag race or survivor or big brother that you know i abide by this rule this rule this rule i sign my life away and uh if i die i die because you know and my family will not sue the sue the network that kind of situation that's very much what this feels like, this contract that they've gotten themselves in. But apparently there's a, there's a clause in the contract, spoiler alert, that um, everybody can go home if there's a majority vote and people end up voting to go home. So everybody goes home and they go back and they give you a little bit more exposition on everybody's lives a little bit. And you just kind of see like you were in this situation where you had this opportunity to win a ton of money. And now you're back in your shitty life and you have no other opportunities and your life is progressively getting worse. So that's where the squid game really comes in. And so now we're going to take everybody back to the situation that we already know about. So they've given you a lot of great backstory and then they've given you all this stuff to expect. There is all these other subplots and sub characters that come in. There's inspectors. There's all these uh, and then just the this, the way that they have basically the overlords, the people who are setting up the game and how you never see anybody's faces and everybody is anonymous and everybody is on a one track that they there's a hierarchy when it comes to the people who are facilitating the games. And then the people who are actually playing the games are just pawns. You know what I mean? It's very much like a video game, just like one dies, throw another one in. So. Squid Game. There's my little thing I, to, in the very beginning just to try to like coerce you into watching the show if you have not already watched it. It is a pretty quick watch, especially if you're a fast reader. <laughs> you know, it's going to take as long as it's going to take for every episode, but still. Um, but you do have to pay attention. And I would say it is well worth paying attention to. So Squid Game is completely up on my radar. It's up on your radar. Watch it. Okay, another game that we would talk about is Survivor. So Survivor 41, Episode 3, we're at that point right now. I still don't really care very much about the characters at this point. I know there's the kid who does the dreads who are already kind of putting him into a hero position, who I have a feeling they're going to just rip away from us here at a very soon point in time. But, you know, that's what's going to happen. But uh, they took away Voce from us last week, you guys. He was the hottest one who was there. And that always makes me mad because it's like I always want one piece of eye candy that I can just like look at the whole entire time and just be like, hmm, look at him getting that beard in. Oh, he used to shave his chest, you can tell, because now it's growing in. I know, I watch this as a lecherous person. But anyways, so it's just like the extra eye candy that you get when you watch Survivor. The thing I'm not just liking though so much is like there are so many sideline rules for every piece of the game like you just can't find an immunity idol you have to find an immunity idol through the other pe two other people have to find immunity idols on their islands and then when you go into a game situation you have to say your weird phrase somebody else has to say a weird phrase and you have to hear a third one and then your your uh, immunity idol is intact and if nobody does that then you lose your vote for all the upcoming uh 
extermination ceremonies. I don't even know what you call those right now. But anyways, so it's just like there's so many rules. And like then when they take them off to these games of chance, and if you if they take three people to the game of chance, and that two people can people can vote to either have a tarp or you can get a steal a vote. But you have to vote. Two people vote a steal a vote. Two people vote a tarp. I mean, I did not understand it completely. I know that it's like it should be simple. And you, some of you guys are probably like, you fucking idiot. You should just understand how these rules go. But you know what? I don't love it. And the thing is, is that I started watching Survivor really hardcore in quarantine. So I kind of got through like a good like 40 seasons in, in about a year um, off and on. And not even a full year, guys, because I started watching in like December and I got through it all in like by the summer. But anyways, um, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. And all the other rules that they're doing, taking their rice away, taking their flint away, like it's just the game feels like it has been sped up. And they're saying, you know, it's not a full 39 days this time. And you can feel it. You know, they're really just trying to make everybody, like, lose as much weight as possible in the very beginning so we get you looking emaciated. So when we're shooting in two weeks, you guys look really, really ragged, like how you would look when you're on day 30. So it's like that's how they're speeding up the game to get everything in. And it's starting to feel sloppy. And so, and I don't like saying that because I love some Survivor, and the, but it feels sloppy, and I do not like the rules right now. So we will keep getting into it, but it is what it is. Okay, let's get into some Vanderpump Rules. So Vanderpump Rules is back, you guys. It is back after a very tumultuous 2020 and 2019. They fired everybody for all kinds of different reasons. So Jackson, and Brittany are gone. Thank God. Stassi and Bo are gone. Okay, Stasi kind of gave us everything that she was going to give in those first seasons. So if you've never watched Vanderpump Rules, I would say maybe not this season. You know, like I'll co- I'll cover it here and there, but I'm not even that excited. Like I can't even tell you guys full heartedly to be like, oh, everybody go watch Brit Vanderpump Rules. I don't want to lie to you. It is not that great. It's just like, you know, Real Housewives of New York was this past season. But I will say something. They gave us a little firecracker in that new girl, Charlie, who was willing to stand up to Lala and kind of just put her foot down. And we haven't gotten that in a long time. That's somebody who can go round for round with Lala. And the fact that she's calling Lala out on her shit. The bitch is like, I'm from Barstow. I know what a real gangster is. Lala's not a gangster. Because Lala is Lauren from Utah. That's that's who she is. And I love that the fans will sometimes, not her fans, but like the people who will troll her on the internet, they'll be like, okay, Lauren from Utah. Okay, Lauren from Utah talking with the accent. Mm, it is a little bit problematic, right? It's kind of like, you know, when, um, okay, you know what? I'm not going to do that. We're not going to go there. Okay, so <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, it is, uh, it's, it's just turning out like it's just kind of old, I think the thing that they need to acknowledge right now on Vanderpump Rules is that they are famous, that they aren't really working at this restaurant. The restaurant has them booked for appearances, but they're not really serving you, you know, the goat cheese balls. Let's give up the facade. We all are subscribed to their Instagram. We know they have millions of followers. They get the tummy tees. They're doing the the, the shades. Like Lala has a makeup line. Like 
let's get into the celebrity of it all and make that a little bit more of the storyline because then it would make some of these fights mean a little bit more. And if they were, you know, if they were a little bit more cutthroat about who's going to actually be on the show. And the fact that Sheena has lasted this long, give the bitch some roses and they are still treating her like shit in the edit bay. So, you know, give Sheena, Sheena needs a hero edit for once. You know, she got the man and now we know we're going to tear this bitch down. So she's with that guy, Brock, who everybody has seen around San Diego, like for like the last like year, when whenever a gym opens up, he's like there first. Um, and then I would say like we have the James Kennedy and Raquel situation who James Kennedy is a fucking mess. And so, and the fact that he talks to his friends like that, calls his friends a fat slob and everything else. And that Lisa Vanderpump kind of sides with him over her own son is just kind of gross and kind of sad. Um, but James Kennedy is like dating that Raquel girl. And then he wonders, you know, he's going to ask for her hand in marriage and wonders why her parents don't like him. Well, we've watched on TV how you've treated their daughter and the things that you've said. So, yeah, they don't want you guys getting married. And they're going to let you guys do this because it's for the show. And plus, it's what she wants. And they're going to, you know, their daughter's going to get what she wants. She was a model, blah, blah, blah. So, Vanderpump Rules. I don't know. Can't tell you guys to watch it. Watch it at your own free will. We'll kind of just talk about little things here and there. I really, really want Charlie to fight somebody. And that'll be what makes me happy. Tom Sandoval is just, he looks weird. He's going to be one of those guys who's walking around, you know, North, or, I'm sorry, WeHo. He's going to be one of those guys walking around WeHo with all the plastic surgery. And you don't know if he is 29 or if he's 69 years old. That's what's happening there. Like he's his, his look is crossing over and it's getting a little bit dangerous, Tom Sandoval. And then... I don't understand all the free passes we give to Tom Schwartz. Tom Schwartz is the most manipulative one out of all of them, even more so than Jax, in my opinion. And he gets away scot-free because he acts like he's a little puppy dog and that he's lost. But his wife and his best friend are always at each other's throats, and he's the one who just kind of like lets it happen, drops the bomb, walks away, and acts innocent. It's gross. So that's what I can kind of tell you right now is that Vanderpump Rules is just not giving what it was supposed to have gave. So there we go. Okay, you guys, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills finale. This is where I'm going to leave you guys today. I know this is a quicker episode, but I wanted to get something in your ears. Next week, we're going to be back with a whole new ep. And uh, thank you guys so much for following me and for listening to Bald and Bingeable wherever you guys get it. I'm just going to remind you guys, please, to give us a nice five-star review. Give us some nice comments. Say something cute. Just get the book, the uh, robots talking. We're rounding up to a really nice, like, you know, 10,000 downloads and whatnot. And I know that for some people that's like, Ugh, whatever. But you bitches, I've never been on a reality show. I'm not a porn star. I am not coming out here trying to sell you guys anything crazy. We're just having some fun. So I really appreciate everybody's listening. So without further ado, let's get into some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So for those of you guys who don't listen to the Housewives, see you guys later. Okay, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the grand finale just happened. Oh my God. Have you guys seen the preview for the reunion okay so they released the preview for the reunion before the episode dropped this week uh for before the finale episode dropped 
and it looks so good. It's the first time we're getting a four-part reunion because they are jam-packing everything in there. And then what they did was they've now started reminding us about all the little fights and all the things that they're going to be bringing up and all the shitty stuff that they've all done. Now, what also has come out as well is there's an article in the LA Times featuring Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal hugging it out, looking cute, basically being like, we all knew that we could be implicated. I haven't read the whole article yet because it's a very long article, but I will be like Sutton and I will read it a couple times, just like how she reads the articles. And I will, you know, have my own dissertation that we'll talk about next week. But it's kind of amazing. I told you guys those that that new group was going to band together and they were going to be the special ones. It's ushering in a whole new Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Rumor is is that we've already started shooting the new season. Crystal's already confirmed that she's on it. They're saying that uh, Kyle on her Instagram, if you guys have been seeing that she had Portia's uh, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah this past week. And some of the girls were there. Sutton was there. I saw images of that. And But we're not seeing Erica there. It's not looking all good in the hood. And then we also have Lisa Vanderpump, who was last week doing all the press for Vanderpump Rules to get people to watch that. And in one of her things that she basically came out and said, you know, backed up with the whole rumors of with with Camille, that Kyle is the one who was telling them about the situation with Tom Girardi in the past. And so there's all this like discrepancies here and like what is the truth and who actually knew about it because, you know, Bethany also threw her head in the hand in the race, even though Bethany right now, we ain't really fans of Bethany. Um, Bethany Frankel, like she's becoming a turf. So calling it a little girl with a penis and just kind of rubbing it in, rubbing it in, like rubbing, just being like that person, Bethany's got, you know, and she doubled down on it on her podcast. So it's just kind of gross. So I don't really know if we, um, we can stand her anymore, but Bethany had also said in the past that, you know, this guy owed Tom Girardi owed her, her ex, the one who died, Dennis money owed him like $500,000 because that's what his, um, company did was provide money for settlements as people were waiting for the actual funds to come in. Mm. So it gets very, very juicy in the fact that all these things are kind of rubbing together and that Andy knew and Andy knew back at the, um, that Kyle was telling people this at his baby shower back when that happened. So it's just been like this swirling bunch of rumors. So now they have the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion coming up and it looking like we're going to get to some of that stuff, that there is a clear divide on who's on whose team um, and Erica is just, you know, she's looking like how she looks. My thing is, though, is just Erica hasn't given us anything, really. And so, and I know a lot of you guys love Erica, but even in this preview, when Erica, when the girls are coming through at her and she starts name calling and she calls like Sutton a cunt, or that's what it basically appears that she's doing in this preview, and it's like, there you go. Erica has nothing else to say. She can't cut this bitch down in any other way. So she's always going to go for, you know, a word. She's going to go for just, you know, let me throw this like phrase out there. Let me, and what? And what? Like, girl, and what? Like, and nothing. You know, it's just that situation over and over again. So I have not been a fan of Erica for a few years. I don't feel like she's really given us anything. And this year, she really didn't. So, 
You know, it's always never answering a question. She's calling herself the champ right now. I don't know, you guys. I just I just can't get on the train. Okay. So anyways, we start this episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Crystal is having a Chinese New Year's party. I know that we started off with Dorit and, and PK, but I just really, they, they did nothing. They've done nothing. Dorit has no storyline this season, and there's a rumor that she has a friend that's going to be joining the cast for next year. Dorit, she grasped like so hard to have a fight with Garcelle, which has blown up in her face terribly when it comes to social media. And it's like, just be the look queen, bitch. That's what you can basically do right now because there's nothing else that you're kind of like giving us in this energy that we really want. So anyways, let's start with the scene with Crystal. She's having a Chinese New Year's party. That's where we know we're going to be ending up the season. This is what we've been building up to. Um, when we say Chinese New Year party, doesn't it feel weird saying that? Like just racially like just chinese new year it reminds me of that 30 rock episode when jack was dating salma hayek you know the you know when she was the puerto rican and like you can't say that you can't say puerto rican you know lemon jack you can't say that that's how i feel like you know when you say like when people say puerto rican it's like you can't say that well no that's what you really say and this with with this situation chinese new year that's the celebration (laughs) but it does feel a little bit weird, and I think that might be the cancel culture, so I'm always completely afraid of all that kind of stuff, so don't cancel me for saying Chinese New Year's, you guys, same vibe, <laughs> anyways, um, Crystal and Erica, they talk about only good vibes that night, no bad energy into the new year, and they were doing all these like little back things of like Erica being an asshole for the whole year, great, The thing that they're doing with Erica right now, too, in this episode, in this past episode, is they're reminding you of, like, the more fun, cool girl who used to have the the quippy, like, one-liners. Because this whole season, she's done nothing but, like, stare off into space, be mad, or eat. You know, that's Erica's whole storyline this whole season. Like, she couldn't find, like, a crudite plate that she was not going to just eat so she didn't have to talk to anybody. Oh, my mouth is full. I can't talk to you. Um, It was very much that energy that she was serving this whole season. So, anyways, we flash... From that to Kathy Hilton's side project, a $53 million side project. She's building a multi-million dollar home with all the fixings that she and Rick decided. Rick was like, I don't really want to move out of this house. Don't you feel like we have a lot of memories in this house? So she was like, yeah. So she's just going to sell this that she's now. So it's not a normal flip. It's a $53 million flip huge so Sutton shows up and they're giving us lots of Sutton being cute now Sutton's like kind of injured with this whole ankle situation so you know like the Neil the the builder goes over and picks her up and carries her over you know so and I love too that Sutton her not Sutton I'm sorry Kathy her builder and her contractor have very gay bear energy even though like one's clearly like just an overgrown twink he's a twunk and the other one is, is, he's a cute, like, you know, bearded, you know, gentleman, probably in his, like, 50s or whatnot. And, like, just cute. Go for it. Like, I love that Kathy's surrounding herself with this kind of energy. <laughs> no, it's so stupid, but whatever. Okay. So Sutton shows up. She gets carried. They talk about being scared of Erica. And so, like, you know, that Erica's just been kind of on the attack with Sutton for this whole entire thing. And then she kind of gives Sutton, you know, like, I'm so sorry about this. But Sutton knows, take it with a grain of salt, because she knows that Erica's going to come back and hit her hard with something in the future. And so, and I just love, too, that Kathy, 
Sutton has this comment here where she says, and I'm starting to understand Kathy completely now, which was so funny because Kathy doesn't speak, speak in complete sentences. She's like, you know, the only thing about that matters is dot, dot, dot. And she just stands there and looks at her and like Sutton understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing that matters. So we go from that scene. We flash over to Kyle, Erica, Rinna, and Dorit. They're eating at the LA restaurant. Um, I don't even know what restaurant that was because I kept on trying to write it down. Thea, Theta, Theta, Thea, Thedeta, Shadeta, Shaneda. Okay, whatever that's called. Anyway, so they're eating at this place. I love that they are so excited to eat in a restaurant. I think that's kind of how we all were at first when it was like, oh my God, we're at an actual restaurant indoors, even if it's in LA. Because like they like these places so nicely when the housewives show up. But when you go to those places, you know they always look a little bit dirty and dingy. But still, that's LA for you. It's a trip mall. Um, but Erica, she talks about that she trolls the trolls online because the girls are kind of talking about the whole, like, you know, what you're kind of putting out there. And so Erica's excuse is that she trolls the trolls online. She damned if she did. She damned if she don't. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, Erica is finally acting like that bitch again, though. You know what I mean? I'll punch that. I'll punch her in the nose or whatever the fuck she said there, you know? And it's just like, yay, there's that Erica that we all kind of that fair, funny, charismatic, you know, girl that she's trying to make us believe in again. And, um, okay. So anyway, so Garcelle, she went out on a date with that daddy and it was awkward to say the least. And so he, they show him, you know, and he looks like one of those guys that's good looking, but he uses pictures from like 2006. You know, those guys, you know what I mean? Like you go to like their Instagram, you go to their Facebook, you go to like their, their, uh, social apps, the ones that you can swipe left or right or wolf and send a flame or whatever the fuck you do. Now you just send like a jizz ball at somebody. You're like, Hey, come on. Ya. You, know, you want to do it? Want me to come on you in real life? Um, but anyways, so, but <laughs> so random. So Garcelle, she goes out with this guy and he's got this picture from 2006 when he looks great now, but you don't look like 2006 you. And that's really the photos that they gave Garcelle were like, the, this is this guy. Isn't he hot? This is from his portfolio. And you're like, he did GQ in 2007. That's Lindsay Lohan in the frame. Like it's that kind of situation. That's the energy that he was serving. But he was also very nervous. And you can tell he was very nervous out on this like little date with her and like just awkward and she wasn't really kind of giving him everything because he didn't look like his photos, I think. So it's just, you know, be you, you. So anyways, um, so it's funny because she's getting her hair done and her hairstylist is is there and they're just kind of being a little bit shady. And she's like, I think I'm not using a hairstyle. I'm not using the uh, matchmaker anymore. And her hairstylist is basically like, why? It's all going so well. Very, very shady, you know, in that sense. That's the energy he was giving. That's not a direct quote. But anyways, um, but, like, really, though, what is the racket that is matchmaking? Like, I want in on that, like, to just be somebody who's like, oh, okay, like, let, tell me all your dirty secrets. Okay, great. And who did you date last? Mm-hmm. And what are you into? Do you have any fetishes? Okay, great. I'm going to have the perfect girl for you. Mm. And then you go ask some girl the same exact questions. You try to figure out, like, whose fetish and whose trauma are going to match up the best. And that's called matchmaking. I mean, like, I should be doing that, right? I thought so. Anyways, they wassle into this whole thing of, like, the getting ready montage that they have with all the girls before they're going to be going out. And so, which is cute. Crystal and Rob show us their cute personalities. 
like, you know, their little interactions and their interactions are very much like um, two people who have just started dating, even though they've been together for a long time, because it feels always a little bit awkward. And they do talk about luxury labels a lot. I think that's kind of one of Crystal's personality ten points is that like she there's labels around her at all times. And so except for she doesn't always have to say it. She just has to like put it on her kitchen counter and let Kyle like drool over her Birkin. You know, that's how that is. But anyways, um, Lisa, they show her getting ready with her gaze. And one of her gaze, like styling that wig for her, you guys. And I was real nervous. I'm going to say it right now. I was so nervous about this wig that she was pulled with it. She pulled out and they were just, I mean, Harajuku girl. I mean, she was she was trying to do right. Like she was just like trying to like do like the little black wig, like a little black bob, trying to look as Asian as she possibly could. And then this guy just went in there, like a beauty school dropout, and just fucked up that wig because it looked terrible. And I'm so glad that Garcelle said something about it later. But you know what I mean. So Lisa's getting her problematic Chinese wig styled, you know, and they're calling it the Uma because she has to name everything. So it's like really. That is what Lisa Renna has given us, you know what I mean, consistently for these past few seasons, is dusty wigs named after things and just surface level. Like, I really don't know who Lisa Renna really is. So I just, you guys, I'm not feeling Lisa and Erica anymore. I'm not feeling the Renna. I'm not feeling the Erica. I'm off the train. And two years ago, I would have been, like, waving the flag and just like, yeah, here's my, you know, let, let's go, Renna. I'm I'm not a, I'm, I'm not enthralled anymore. Anyways, back over. Let's talk about Mikey. He's with Erica, so it's the first time that we've really seen Mikey this season. And didn't he look down and out? Like I understand that Erica don't have money anymore, but Boo, weren't you working with like pussycat dolls and shit? Like he's sitting there in like the ripped up jeans, weird polo shirt, just sitting on the count on the side with his mask on because you know uh, we still are in COVID times, even though this episode did feel a lot like the COVID restrictions were, had been lifted. It was kind of like that point in the world where we were kind of seeing like the, the, uh, the hope, you know, kind of come through, but Mikey, he just looked down and out, you know what I mean? Like there's no more money to pay him. So, and then we have Sutton and Crystal who are on FaceTime. These girls, they're on FaceTime. This is called growth where we've come from like second episode where they were mad at each other in the Tahoe house to now, Love this. And so it's very, very cute. Okay, so we get into the Chinese New Year situation. You know, Crystal's there with her husband and her mom and her mom's boyfriend. And as other people start showing up. Okay, first off, you guys, Shan the Candyman. You guys, that's Shan the Candyman. So the guy who was making the candy situation there, I actually book him. So if you guys want to have him at your parties, he's not as expensive as you think. And so he is, he is. A, a good pretty penny, but if you're having like a weekday party and then just let me know because I actually booked that man, the guy who was making the sugar sculptures out like the, the, the dinosaurs and the doggies and all that sort of a thing. So that man, that wonderful man is Shan the Candyman. You guys can book him through me. So you guys can reach me at D'Angelo at com and uh, tell me what your event date is and we can get you guys a little quote. Mm-hmm. And he goes everywhere. I mean, the man has done um, like five different presidents like huge dignitaries in different countries and whatnot. He's got a lot of NDAs. He's worked for like Kevin Hart a million times. He's been a Kathy Hilton. Uh, he's like a friend of the Hilton family that he's been doing her parties since Paris was like 10 years old. So like 
it's so cute to see that 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 guy Shan, the Candyman, is just he's out there, and so it was just really really cool to see somebody that I knew. But anyways, so Kathy, what I love here is that she brings Elliot Mintz, and like, does she know the history of Elliot Mintz and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because of the whole the the party the the famous line where people are doing coke in your bathroom? It was Elliot. And Lisa Renna sitting there by themselves at that table at Dorit's house when everybody was doing coke. So, you know, Elliot knows the secrets. And it was funny that, you know, Kathy brought him as her, like, fun date to the party. Cute. So Garcelle showed up. She hates Renna's wig just as much as I do. They have the most fake, uncomfortable convo I've ever seen housewife show like it really is like oh these two bitches hate each other at this point but they really know that they're co-workers so they got to make this work you know you've been around those two people at your office and like you're inside the break room with them and you can tell the two people who completely hate each other and you try to say stuff that's like cute and silly and one of them takes it as a defense and the other one is like <laughs> yeah exactly and then you're in a fight and that's the energy that that garcelle and renner are giving our co-workers who completely hate each other but i love that g goes in and she tells her I would really like you to reach out to Denise. Ooh, shit. That would mean that Lisa Renna would have to put her tail between her legs and basically say, I was a terrible person to you. And she's done it on Watch What Happens Live because I think Renna has really felt the wrath of the fans this season that they're just kind of over her antics. Whenever you like follow one of like the Bravo Bone Collectors or whenever like those Bravo pages or Faces by Bravo, blah, blah, that when people do those polls, everybody's sick of Renna shit. Like, we're just all kind of done. I mean, how many times can you be dancing around in your living room around Harry Hamlin? Like, it's just, it's enough. It's enough. I'm out. Um, anyways, so Rena, she weasels out of the whole situation about, you know, with, with Denise. Well, well, we'll do it when it feels organic, you know. And she feels so offended, too, because she's like, who is she to call me out? You know, that's really the energy she's giving there. So it is just great. Erica arrives after that. Um, and this is what I'm thinking, you guys, thank God, none of these chicks walked in with chopsticks in their bun because, you know, you know, Mikey Minden would have had Erica showing up with a bunch of chopsticks in her hair. I mean, when they were in Japan, remember, mm? remember, so this is like, finally that we have somebody that's Asian on the cast that can basically call somebody out and be like, Hey, racist, you know? So they just did a delicate amount of perfect you know, adornments in their hair. And so she's wearing the little lantern and whatnot. So it was cute. I do have to say that all the girls looked pretty great this night. You know, they, some people are in styles that I wouldn't necessarily wear, but they all look really, really good. And you can kind of see too with Kathy Hilton where Nikki Hilton gets some of her, like, you know, inspiration for style, even though Nikki Hilton, I think is leaps and above what any of these girls can serve on this cast. Uh, except for maybe like Garcelle. I think Garcelle can kind of be in the running with, 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 the effortlessness, you know, of, of wearing some of the stuff that they wear. But anyways, I was very thankful for that. They asked Crystal about the New Year traditions when they're all sitting down in a little bit. And she tells them about the preparation. And I, I remember some of this because I worked for an Asian company for a little while and that we would celebrate Chinese New Year and roll like the oranges from the back of the from the back of the business all the way up to the front door and out the door. And uh, there were certain things that you had to do before Chinese New Year happened, like make sure that everything was clean. You want to take out your trash already, all those sorts of things. Because on Chinese New Year, you shouldn't be sweeping. You shouldn't be 
taking out your trash. Exactly the things that she was saying are the things that I've kind of, I remember hearing about those. The no swearing and they have like, they show like Erica, like, mm, you know what I mean? Um, they, they just wanted that shot so badly. But um, also the keeping this, you know, was when they were seeing the whole sweeping thing is that Kyle is really good. And it just kind of makes you think, is Kyle really, really good at improv? Because she can just take one key word from somebody and find a way to like spin that off and just kind of do a nice transition. So the sweeping and sweeping things under the rug and Sutton, Sutton. She like pushes Sutton out center stage very much you know, stage mom energy of like, get out there and dance, sweetie, is basically what Kyle did to Sutton at this point. And she's just, so Sutton's like, okay, so let's, uh, let's get into it. So um going to give her an olive branch and, you know, uh, she's going to basically put her tail between her legs and Sutton is just going to be nice and just kind of like, let's see if we can try to shoot together next year is essentially what she's saying. You know, can we still work together or do I have to be transferred? You know, and... Can you imagine if we transferred some of these bitches out of the city and put them in other places? Like, imagine Erica Jane trying to get by in Jersey or New York or Atlanta with the way that she treats people and the way that she can look people and she stares them up and down and that kind of a thing. Those women would have knocked her off her block by now. But these women are all scared of her. And so they just kind of sit there and they just like wait. And the silence was deafening too is that you know erica she doesn't accept it and Sutton even goes in a little bit deeper like we want to see you come out of this shining bright and then we have like mauricio and some of the other people like yeah yeah we all feel the same yes we all feel the same yes we all feel the same mauricio here we all feel the same uh but anyways erica then she says nothing but then she finally says well thank you you know but she doesn't accept it and then we get a shut in a Shutton. We get a shady Sutton confessional. And you guys, if you guys watch the end of the season, all the confessionals of Sutton with the new long magic hair and the red dress, all of those scenes, you can tell that those were shot in the pickups and after the season had started and when the fans were on her side because she's a little bit more spicy. She's a little bit more like ready to go in for the kill a little bit. And that's the Sutton that we needed more on this season. And so I'm hoping that girl comes out more next year, which means I have a feeling Sutton is going to take such a nosedive with like Garcelle. That relationship is built on the fact that they are pushed out to the side together and that eventually that's going to come to a screeching halt. I just have a feeling. I don't know. It's weird. But anyways... Um, but those shut those Shutton, those Sutton shady confessionals, Shutton shady confessionals, Shutton shady confessionals. It's very Shutton shady confessionals. I want to say that all the time now because it's gonna be part of my like vocal warm-ups. Anyways, um she is like not giving a fuck. And when she says, Why am I trying? And what do these women see in her is basically what Sutton is saying in these like confessionals, and it's like Honestly, though, like, where did she lie? Where was the lie? Nicki Minaj, cue that. Anyways, um, we have that little scene there of PK kind of giving Erica a pep talk, you know? And then Kyle is also in the bathroom beefing up Sutton. So it really is like Kyle and PK, like, let's produce some magic. Let's get ourselves in there. Let's wind these girls up a little bit more and throw them at each other and see what happens. You know, that's really what they're doing at that point. And then it's all, let's let it go again. So Kathy, she finds Erica over at the, you know, the, the dessert bar as they're trying to, you know, get their little pieces. And she's like, well, maybe we should 
we should go back to Sutton and listen. <laughs> I've never seen somebody convince somebody to go talk to somebody else by saying, let's go listen to her. So that's what they go do. And so we have like the group there now. And nothing happened. Nothing really happens. Sutton gives Erica what she wants at this point. You know what I mean? That, okay, well, you know, I'm hoping for the future. And then Erica's like, oh, it's going to take me some time. And then we start getting the updates about everybody's lives. You know, those little, the caption things. We, we all have seen those. But it's just, it's, they cheers to the new year. And at the very end, they give you that last, like, little confessional with Erica where she pats herself on the back for taking it all like a champ this season. <sighs> I am just so sick of Erica being the victim, the champion, the one being the moment. Erica, go do something for some other people. Anyways, <laughs> see, this is what happens, you guys. We end these Real Housewives, and it's an Erica situation, and then I end up in like in a like a bleh kind of a place. So <laughs> let's not end up there. I am just looking forward to what's going to be happening in the future on this series. You guys, and also, I don't know if you guys have heard all the news that's been coming out about the Real Housewives All-Star Seasons, but the All-Star Seasons Part 1 that's going to be happening on Peacock very soon with, like, Ramona and Teresa and all that, that's going to be, like, a good amuse-bouche. But the one that comes out in the spring that they're going to hit us with, the All-Star Season 2, that happens, like, Housewives on the Manor, which is all ex-Housewives on the Manor. So they're all people who have been blasted out of their seasons and now they put them on a situation so it's dorinda and vicky and apparently vicky is just an asshole they had to like re-quarantine because of her because you know she's refusing to get vaccinated and all these other kind of things and so it's just woo it's like it's good so i'm looking forward to a lot of the with the housewives they are going to be serving us in the next couple of months other than that, you guys watch Squid Game, loving it. We are in the midst of, I, I am in the midst of the Buffy-a-thon right now. I'm in season five. It's very dark in season five. Yikes. You can kind of tell that this is right before they made the transition from networks, before the WB snatched them up, because it is just, um, it's not where I wanted to be when I was watching Buffy. But I'm plowing through. We're getting through. It's going to be good. So I've been watching that lately, and uh, we have the Great British Bake Off that we're still watching. We're watching Ted Lasso. We're watching Only Murders in the Building. So other than that, you guys enjoy yourselves this weekend. Enjoy yourselves this week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of everything around you. And good night from the lower level. Love you. Good night from the lower level.